If we allow ourselves to spend more time with the questions, with the things that are we are holding so like close to us and this idea of, you know, where we will be and how we will be and with whom and if we just allow ourselves to just be there for for a little bit longer, I do think that we ended up with more choices, more opportunities. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Let It Out. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. Back on the podcast this week, part two of my conversation with Mari Orkin. If you listened last week, you know this. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Maybe go back to last week where I have the first part of my long form conversation with contemplative educator, mindfulness and compassion teacher and writer, Mari and I became friends fast, and we discussed that story, how we met in last week's episode. Her work is the intersection between Western psychotherapy, Buddhist psychology, contemplative practices, and she holds a master's of arts. And so her work as an artist and a teacher and a mother and a therapist and a meditation teacher works in this really holistic way where she has all of these practices and tools and makes her this grounded, connected, intuitive person who I just connected with so deeply and had a very long conversation with and decided to, instead of cut it down, release it in two parts. So last week we spoke about motherhood and boundaries and grief and her story growing up in Brazil and and coming to LA. And in this week's conversation, which is part two of that, you know, that's where it really comes alive. <laughs> I always say this, but about 45 minutes in, I think we can forget we're recording. Sometimes it takes an hour. Sometimes it takes longer. And sometimes I'm like, I can get it in in a half an hour. Sometimes that doesn't happen. This was definitely a long conversation. And I think this part was really what the groundwork from part one, which I think is also great. And you should go back and listen to. She tells some great stories. But this part, we have a a really interesting conversation about acceptance and accepting what is. We talk about a thing that happened in my life and she gives me some, some interesting advice about that, that I've really taken on since. And it was a lesson in acceptance and knowing. And we talk about that and Buddhism and love and friendship and social media and cooking. And of course the quick fire questions at the end of this part. So If you like this episode, let us know. I'll give you the secret emoji at the end of this week's episode so you can comment it on Mari and I's social media and let us know you're listening all the way to the end. Mari will be taking over Let It Out social media this week. If you follow Let It Out with three Ts on Instagram, you'll get to talk to Mari there and send in any questions that you have for her and have a conversation with her live. The organization that we are supporting this week is the Asian Mental Health Project, which offers a safe space for Asian individuals to engage in mental health commentary that centers around the needs of the Asian community. In many Asian American communities and in the greater American population, there is a general lack of knowledge about mental health and mental illness. And because many of the symptoms are invisible, it is harder for mental illnesses to be acknowledged. There is a misconception that struggling with mental health is a choice or a sign of weakness, which it's not at all. And this organization is here to dispel this belief and provide resources that are accessible to all. So the link to support them is in the show notes. It is a really great organization and I would love for you to join me in supporting them this week. I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. If you want the show notes emailed directly to you, you can just sign up and we'll send you the Let It Out letter that'll have all the links to Mari and everything we discussed here. We talk about something in this part 
where she calls it the quality of your presence. And I'm trying to be, I've had so many lessons in this in the last month of being where I am here now in this as my mantra. And Mari discusses this at length in a little bit, but getting the show notes sent to you might actually help with that. So you can just be present in what's happening and know that that will be sent to you. And anyway, I'm just so grateful you're here. It supports the show to support the sponsors. I really appreciate you listening to me talk about them and the links to the discount codes and every sponsor that I bring on this podcast, I genuinely love and use. And it's a choice that I don't take for granted. And the links to those are also in the show notes. Enjoy part two with Mari and I will talk to you at the end. What are you learning and contemplating? What's coming up for you like this morning or this week? I think what's coming up for me today and lately, it's this idea of feeling so much at once, you know, holding so much at, at the same time. I think more than ever, we have been faced with this idea that we are so complex and so paradoxical in the way we feel things feeling super grateful at one moment and feeling anxious in the very next moment being really hopeful and then at the same time feeling a sense of loss so during during the pandemic and and now even after we in here in the states are feeling a, some sort of like light in the end of the tunnel I still am holding to that way of feeling also because in Brazil where I'm from, things are really, really bad right now. So, you know, like I'm always kind of trying to be in the middle yeah. of all of it. Yeah. That you said paradoxical feeling. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. Um, something that I have been very interested in, in my work, which is sort of like the intersection between contemplative practices and the Western psychotherapy um, school is this notion that we carry multiple selves, parts. Other psychologists talked about this um, in different works. And I am very interested in this because I think it does speak so much about our nature this very fluid, open nature that we have, but it's it's not something that we grow up knowing, right? Like we we think of ourselves in a very rigid way, you know, um, or we are over-identified with a very big part of us. And so when I talk about paradoxes, I, I talk about like these multiple states, these multiple parts that are constantly in communication, that are constantly asking things of us. And... Um, I think my work has been so much about trying to stand in between them and listen to them and nurture them and not trying to get rid of them, yeah. you know, because they are not going to go away. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because people aren't all, I've been thinking about this a lot, like, I think something that makes me sad, actually, is that well, let me finish my first thought, which is that people aren't all one thing. Like no one's all bad or all good. Like we, it's a spectrum and we have light and dark within us. And I can, I can hold that to be true. But I think what's making me sad, what often makes me sad when I really think about it is how, and I know this can actually be a comforting thought to a lot of people, but to me, it's, a bummer that people like no one really cares. Like everyone's in their head thinking about their own several voices and anxieties and fears and their little world. And sometimes our little worlds interact for a moment in time or a season or forever, but everybody's concerned with themselves, you know? And I think that's when I think it, the reason it, bums me out is probably codependency, you know, of like wanting to care more and wanting to be seen. But I think the reason I'm I'm connecting the two in my mind is like that is true that no one cares, but it's also true at the same time that people do care, you know? And it's finding that center 
in myself of effortlessness, of not trying to to be thought of and allowing and waiting for an invitation, waiting for things to work instead of grasping and being attached. You had a, a post about this. I, I wrote down, I wanted to ask you about this, about knowing. And, oh, this is so good. You were, You have this post that said, not knowing is allowing. And you wrote, to give permission to do something and to give the necessary time and opportunity for something. And then you asked, how do we feel about giving what we don't know yet the permission and time to be known? I found that when we learn more from these questions, we learn more from the questions we ask than the answers we sometimes obsessively want to find. And I didn't even mean to make that connection, but that is essentially, I think, kind of what I'm saying of like, it's true in ourselves that like you can feel light and dark, happy and sad at the same time. And then also this, it, when it connects with other people and, and our attachments to desires or things that we want, it's also true there. Is that making any sense? <laughs> no, it does. There's so much in there, right? I think on one level, we are wired for connection that we know, right? Like we are yeah. wired to be seen and to feel a sense of belonging. And then simultaneously inside of us, we are working it out, all that information. And the more it feels that we are self-centered, it's just, I think it's it's sort of like a symptom for, for that over-identification with one or more specific parts that are calling our attention. And to me, it's just so much about finding a rhythm to be in your body in a, in a way that feels so intimate. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say connected exactly, but I would say, yeah, I would say intimate in a way that, that allows for, for the others to see you allow you to just be able to dance around these parts without needing to to feel that approve and to, to feel that need, you know, to be enmeshed with the yeah. other. But that takes work, right? It's not linear. Relationships are there exactly to serve that purpose, to move us into different directions internally. But I think the most important thing is in this specific theme is just finding that internal life that it's so much more about space than you know obsession yeah it's just a different it it's it can be found in the same spectrum but it's yep. a different direction right yeah that makes so much sense and and that that post really hit me hard of like not knowing is allowing is such a beautiful sentiment because anytime I've been grasping for something, I've gotten the opposite result than I want, right? And anytime I've let go and allowed and forgotten about it and just existed, that's when it comes with so much ease. And I guess that that kind of ties to, to Lacey's work, like thinking of manifestation or Abraham Hicks, of which I've like thought about a lot of, it, there's kind of a sadness to when you get something, it's when you don't want it as much anymore. Like that's kind of a bummer. Do you ever <laughs> feel that? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, and I, I think to me, again, I'm just so interested in this, in the process of the, of the questions itself. I do think they reveal so much about what we are looking for and what we are, where we are standing and what moment and what season of our lives. Yeah. And I feel like if we allow ourselves to spend more time with the questions, with the things that are, we are holding so like close to us and this idea of, you know, where we'll be and how we'll be and with whom and the whole thing laid out perfectly. If we just allow ourselves to just, really let ourselves be there for, for a little bit longer, I do think that we ended up with more choices, yeah. more opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I, 
I see choices as a way to be feeling that kind of freedom that, you know, we talk about so much in spiritual teachings. This idea that we are um, moving into places that we didn't even know we we are going to go. And then, you know, you ended up probably getting in a path that you that you get even surprised other than obsessed so much about one specific outcome. And then when you get there, it's not satisfying. Totally. You're, it's a moving target. Exactly. Yeah. And you're already going to have to move to another thing. I mean, I'm not here saying that, you know, wanting, and there's so much discussion in the, even in the Buddhism community about desire. And it's not, and it's not what even Buddha said. It's not mm-hmm. that desire is bad. And right. it's just how are, is our relationship with it and what we want from it, yeah. you know, is all our eggs in that basket. And, and why is that? Yeah. You know, who are we if that is not the case, you know, if that's not in the picture? Right. How is your identity formed around all those little things that you put it in their list every single day? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, you know, that's where I'm like really interested in, in sort of developing with people and yeah. working with people. Well, I guess we'll, this is experiential because I'd love your, your thoughts on this because I feel like with what we're talking about, I had a breakthrough, <laughs> I guess I'll call it, that sounds kind of dramatic, but it felt like that. Because I think intimacy and connection is the opposite, right? Like, see, I believe that we all want to be seen and loved for who we really are. And then that makes us feel connected and less alone. And it's great. <laughs> and I think the pain comes from being seen for who you really are and not loved or not accepted. And so then we try to like be a chameleon to what people want. But I think there's this middle thing that I, this is what the breakthrough was, where it's like, God, there isn't even... There is a pain to someone not seeing you at all, which like bummer, but then seeing you not for who a false version of you or even a past version of you. And it's very hard to change people's perception of that. And so I realized that it's just about me letting go and surrendering to the desire at all and be just accepting. And like you had a video about acceptance recently too, so that's when I watched your video on that, I was like, oh, that I just, just accept it. Stop wanting it to be different because I can't change how people feel about me. So could you talk about acceptance or maybe that situation and how you would go about that in your work? Yeah. Um, I think, I think we first need to acknowledge this need, you know, it's that, yeah, the need is there to have the other see us exactly how we wish to be seen right like this is present it's okay i mean we want to be perceived in a certain way yeah and i don't think that we can dismiss that really quickly because there's a story there right like if that person can see like all the things and you know maybe then just maybe something would change then you know then Obviously, there is a whole bunch of control around this. Yeah. There's a bunch, you know, of of a desire for things to kind of like line up in a way. And then eventually we kind of realize that it's really hard to to make that happen, right? What I think is, I always like to see things on the other side. So, so if that's what's coming up, I would say, what is asking? Like, what is this emotion asking? It's something that I... I I also try to to pause right there and it's you know definitely asking for for your own self sort of like approval mm-hmm. right yeah um, which totally. is another like hard thing it's not linear it's messy it's not we don't always get it right depending on the day if we are a woman depending on our cycle of yeah. the day of the month totally. right um it will be more challenging if we are pmsing if we are not, and so I think that is all important for us to take into account. Um, I think when we can kind of combine and think about acceptance in this case, when we are controlling, right? When we are, when we feel that we are in a sense, uh, in a state of control, is that acceptance is to me the other side of resistance. Mm. When we're resisting something is because we are holding a little bit too tight the grip. That's to me how it feels like, right? Like we're 
We just wish it to be different. Yeah. If we could only do it yeah, right. If, it, if you could only see the, myself the way I see, right? Or yeah. if you could only accept me, I know it would be better, it would be different. Like yeah. if we tell ourselves all that, star, that stuff. Right. And so I would just say, instead of working or go too hard for acceptance or to, to be accepting, which is challenging, like I said in the video, um, we can look into resistance. That could be your entryway. Like, why am I resisting so much? Like, wh why I'm so hooked up on this, right? And you will find, again, like I was, I was saying earlier, that will leave you into answers that probably will be easier to shift if you just want to skip ahead and be like so accepting, yeah. you know? I think when we work with this idea, we also have to reframe what let go means. Because if we could be letting go of people and difficult situations and visions and ideas, we would, mm -hmm. but it's not easy. Yeah, We keep coming back, right? Yeah. We come back to the same situations, the same type of people, the patterns. And that's because it's still a cycle that it's hard for us to break. Or we are not going into the, you know, it's, 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 it's just a hard cycle for us. It's something that is challenging. So I would invite, instead of being in the letting go mentality, um, to turn into a let it be. Which means in the mindfulness sort of like language that you're just allowing for that feeling to be. So, you know, in your case, if you got faced with that situation where that person is not perceiving you the way you wish they were and that is bringing up a lot of feelings how do you stay with those feelings it's what i think it's the most important instead of jumping or moving way too fast from that that is the place of letting it be allowing it to be there and then taking care of it in a way that doesn't feel that you're either pushing it away trying to change it. And it's very subtle, what I'm saying. It's yeah. a very subtle thing. What do you mean taking care of it? Like feeling it fully? Taking care of it in a way that feels that you are letting it be there mm. for a little bit longer. And you can actually take care of it, you know, depending on how is your practice or how you, what do you, what do you love to do to take care of it? That would be your own sort of process. Yeah. And each one is very yeah. You know, for each person is different. Like tools, like journaling exactly. or therapy or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. What would be a thing that could nurture yourself while you allow that sort of like yeah. very tumultuous feeling to be there, yeah. knowing that it's, it's challenging and it can be a little bit harsh. I'm not talking about like, you know, very difficult traumas. I'm talking about more, you know, triggering day -day, situations that yeah. could be... Um, possible for you to be able to hold them and let them have more space around it. Because I think what happens, and as you know, as, as, as a society, as a culture, what we have done is just, you know, skip over them, try to fix them, try to like, you know, put them somewhere. Yeah, shove it down. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and we see what that took us, you know, where in, and so let it be there not let them go but let them be there yeah and and that could be you know a little bit of a, a the beginning to start sort of untangle that from a place of of more openness of more sort of like comfort you're more comfortable with them so then next time they show up you you feel like you have more sort of like a resilience uh built in and it, it just keeps moving right because they don't go away yeah yeah. Wow. You are so good. You're so, it, it's like the opposite of being reactive of just sitting with it and, and the opposite of coping and yeah. pushing it down, but allowing to, you know, that's why this is called let it out, you know, instead of pushing it, letting it out, which is different than letting it go, which I think you're, you're talking about. So you're obviously so empathetic and intuitive. And I feel like talking about that and acceptance and allowing and surrender gave people an experience of your work. Okay, so Mari 
We just had a bathroom break, but Mari made this, what is it called? Tortilla de patatas. Yes. And and she put it on Instagram last night and I saw it and it looked so delicious and made me really nostalgic for Spain because I ate it almost it's like everywhere for breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. They have it all over and it's only eggs, potatoes, and onion. Wow. But it looks beautiful. And like, will you teach me how to make it yeah. someday? Yeah, uh, I will. I mean, there's a lot of like YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of flipping. Yeah. And it it's gets like a messy. Kind of kind of like a frittata. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But but different because yeah. you don't do you. It's on the stovetop. Yeah. You, um, yeah. You just have to fry the potatoes with the onions. I mean, you, know, you cook the potatoes first. Yeah. In oil and then add up the onions and then you kind of have to, you know, let that sort of like poach. Yeah. Um, and then, because you don't want to really fry them. Yeah. They kind of, you know, harsh uh-huh. or too brown. Then you move into eggs mi- uh, egg mixer, mixture. Mm-hmm. And then put that on the, the frying pan. And then sort of like let that fry and then move, you know, flip a few times. So And cool. you turn into... I call, I call it like the potato cake for Gala, so she can eat it. Um, oh, look, it's a potato cake, and she likes and it. She, and she, yeah, she, she really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think maybe that this I would say. And you cook like, often. You have a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, I cook a lot. Is that a, a mindfulness practice for you? <laughs> no, it's just because I love food. <laughs> yeah. Have you always cooked, or was the pandemic more of a? Yeah, no, we cook a lot in the house. We love cooking. I mean. I have to be honest, Tover has been cooking much more than me. Mm-hmm. I have been a little bit like tired of cooking. It's been a little yeah. bit like, did we not have this conversation where I was like, I'm like going into this like habit hole about like the Japanese um, home yes. cooking. Yeah. Yes. So like, I'm just trying to maybe, cause you know, you get tired of cooking the same things, yeah. the things that you know that work and it's so yeah. easy. So I was just like, I'm like going into like this whole YouTube hole. On, you never on, sent it to me. I have to send you it got- to you. Yeah. <laughs> like learning how to. Um, yes, because I was going to tell Christine about it. And that's so funny because Christine this week brought up, we watched some video. We just watch a lot of YouTube when we're together. And she put on a video of breakfast around the world. And it was just this girl, she lives here in LA and each day of the week she got breakfast. Like she did Japanese breakfast and then she did like a Parisian day Mm. and she got pho one day. And so then I was talking to her about, you know, just I think what you were saying about having rice and having these, these yeah, like the miso soup and like the little things they make. It's so thoughtful. They make it so I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, just to watch the video, I feel like I'm already like, it's just like Soothing. a, a, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, maybe we could like do Japanese home cooking together and like <laughs> yeah. meal prep it and then to just like hang and take it home. And definitely that sounds really soothing. <laughs> okay. So speaking of places in LA, what are, what's your favorite place here? It can be food related or, or not, or a couple of places you love in, in LA. Oh, I would say probably definitely the ocean and then also the trees let me see hey how can i make topanga right the yeah. meeting of the <laughs> the the like mountain or like forest or trees with the ocean yeah but yeah definitely definitely the ocean for sure i think this is where i go to when i need to like have that deeper breath and it just feels always so regulating. Like just to have it right here. Yeah. It's just too good. Yeah. This week's show is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. I really love Organifi's green juice and their red juice. It has essential superfoods and a dose of ashwagandha, which I love, helps reduce stress 
stress, support healthy cortisol levels, which I think is really important. And they also have this Organifi Gold, which I have been drinking with my friend Christine. It's this superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation and it helps you wake up feeling refreshed. And I really love having it in the evenings. And I mentioned their red juice, but it's one that is so delicious. It's this super berry blend that has really potent adaptogens and promotes energy with zero caffeine. And then the last one they have is this immunity blend that, you know, does just what it sounds like. It has vitamin C and bolsters a healthy immune system, which is so important now and always, especially now. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while you're on the go, and you don't have to compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works to be less than $3 a day, which is so much less than you know buying a green juice out. I would love for you to browse the Organifi shop at Organifi.com. Go to Organifi.com and use the code LETITOUT for 20% off all Organifi products. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. I love Headspace. It's an app that I use all the time and I'm so grateful that they're sponsoring this podcast. So it is really this pocket-sized guide that can help you sleep and focus and be and act better. And, you know, really, if you have 10 minutes and Headspace downloaded on your cellular telephone, it can really impact your life and change your life in a positive way. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? There's a Headspace for that. A three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members, including me, swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has a morning meditation you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I love Headspace. I do one every morning. I often turn them on in the evening. I just sent it over to my friend Simi, who's really having trouble sleeping, having some insomnia, and she used the code and she loves it. So again, Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits and over 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you and your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash let it out. That's headspace.com slash let it out for one month, completely free, free trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered anywhere. A free month, nothing to lose. Head to headspace.com slash let it out today, whenever you get a chance. You are someone who I think does social media quite well. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what? Pardon? Um, do you, what's, what's helped you? I heard you say in this 2018 interview with Lacey, you were talking about the quality of your presence and how doing your meditation and acting with mindfulness makes it so that you can show up and, and be more present with those around you, which we already talked about. But you were talking about it in the context of authenticity and and social media, but that is now three years ago. So I would love to know where you are with it now and, and what helps. I have a hard relationship with social media. Yeah, same. If I could be honest, which I will, is that I wouldn't have it. Yeah. I don't really like it. Yeah, same. <laughs> the worst. Am I being too honest? No, no, okay. please. I mean, we shit on social media for okay. a portion of this program most weeks. <laughs> and it's like, it's been, so it's been a conflict to me mm-hmm. where it's like, what do I do? How do I do? I don't have the time for it. Because I, you know, I, 
most of my day is with clients or preparing material for courses and classes and sessions and writing. And I don't have the time to like sit and like create content for yeah. the thing. So that's why my post is like one in like every three weeks. Yeah. You know, but I definitely could create or hire someone, I guess. But is it the point? I don't know. Like, and when I'm off of it, which I have been on and off, especially when my dad was sick, I deleted. I didn't even have it for months. I just, it's harder and harder to go back to after these periods of being out of it because it just really defeats the whole purpose, I guess. But there is another part of me that does think that though there is a lot of noise there, there's a lot of information, a lot of input that, you know, I still should share some of the information that I have or, or work with. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's, it's, I don't know how it's going to be, you know, in the future or I, I don't do it correctly. I know like it's, but it's just, I decided to just not have that war anymore with myself yeah. and just focus on my work. Yeah. And then when I have the time, I do it. I, you know, it's not engaging in the numbers always, you know, I disappear on people's timeline, I yeah, guess, because of is. their yeah. stuff. Um, but I'm just not going to have that problem in my life. I yeah. decided. I'm the same way. Like bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's such a complex thing. And I was just having this conversation with my, my friend Chris and, and Christine this last week. And, and he, he came over and we're all having breakfast and he walks in and he like comes in hot and he's like, I deleted Instagram last night. And Christine kind of looked at him and was like, wait, what? Like he was like, you didn't, why didn't you just deactivate it? He's like, I just, I'm done. Yeah. Like it's not affecting my mental health well. And, and I thought he sounded like he really contemplated this choice and it, it led us to have this interesting dialogue that he said, he was like, we should do a, a show about this. And so we might, but about, you know, I often say about social media that it's like inviting everyone you've ever met to your office when it's related to work because yeah. there's like people I had a crush on and <laughs> my mom's friend <laughs> and like someone who listens to the podcast all in this place. And I find myself, I used to do this when I taught yoga where I would, you know, put a song would come on or I would teach a move or say a phrase. And if someone I knew came to my class or someone I admired or my teacher or a family member or a friend or something, I would constantly be looking at them like, what they think of that? What they, what they think of that? You know? And I, and I, I call this great Gatsbying, you know, where you're like, I'm putting something out for everyone, but I really care what this is this, did this person say it and did they think it was cool and if they like it like what a hit of dopamine yeah. you know yeah and I do that on Instagram of like what did did that person see and I find myself performing for a few people who probably aren't even aware of it and don't notice but a like or a look from those people is addictive, you know? Yeah. And and there's so many other complicated pieces of it when it's connected to your work of like it's true that that number does affect my bottom line and the show and how if I can keep doing my art and your work and like so it is complex and there's like this this underspoken about part that's like there are parts of it that are really fun and enjoyable and 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 creative and can it's connected me with so many people. So it is complex of like it's like mo like the beginning of this conversation, you know, it's it's not this thing that's black or white. There's a big gray area here of, you know, complication. Yeah. I think what happened is that I also think that the pressure that you feel, right, like on building the persona around it or if it's work-related, um, relying completely on that mm -hmm. platform um, was also very daunting to me and really difficult to navigate. So when I decided that I was not going to have this problem in my life and just take 
sort of the power out of it. Yeah. I'm also interested in see how can I build my work without having yes. to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Because that would be my ultimate like you know destination. Yeah. I wouldn't want to and I and I know it's so challenging because it's where everybody is. Right. And then everybody's getting their information, but but there are ways. You know, I think there are ways and it might take longer. Yeah. And it might take a different road. But, you know, I'm willing because yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to be, I, I just don't, I don't have it in me. Yeah. I have a, my, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> and I think what you were saying back then, I wrote it down, the quality of your presence, like being authentic there and it's just, there's something about like, I, I often think about this with Instagram and, and like most creative products projects like when it is most myself when it is most weird when it is specific like that those are the best poems and songs and I think when you're David Bowie would always say this of like not would always say this I think there's a quote of him saying it one time maybe he said it often I don't know him um it sounded like I used to hang with Bowie um but this sense of like whenever he second guessed the work and made the work for an audience, it was not as good as when he did it for himself. And I think when I first got Instagram a decade ago, it was this weird, I remember I didn't have an iPhone and I took my boyfriend at the time's phone and I like did his Instagram and it was like the weird like Tumblr-esque shit we were doing. And all of our friends knew it was me on his phone. And I had so much fun with it. And it was in the moment. I wasn't overthinking it. It was weird. And it was, and that is so gone from the way I interact Mm. with it now. But the more I can get back to that, because this this program, this platform, this application, Instagram.com was designed to be impulsive and spur of the moment back, you know, 10 years ago. And now it's it's changed so much. That's part of this spiral about it too. But in that conversation with Chris and Christine, Christine had such an opposite perspective about social media where she was just like, yeah, I don't overthink it. I don't, I have fun with it and I just put it out and it's not, it's not a problem for her at all. And I'm sure there's been like a moment, but she really doesn't have that. And Chris and I, I said this other thing to her because we were, we were also talking about style and I was actually talking about the same like spiral. I was talking about Mm -hmm. specifically at the beginning with me and I'm being perceived because I think everything is everything, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's related to that. And we were talking about getting dressed and style. And I said something to them or I was like, oh yeah, you know, when you like change seven times before you go somewhere. And Chris was like, yeah, totally, whatever. And then later Christine brought that up to me. She's like, I have never done that in my (laughs) life. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what a difference of like how we interact with social media, how we interact with the way we leave the house in the morning. And I think that comes from confidence and that comes from so many factors, but it was just such a fascinating conversation through the three of us. Yeah. It's going to surface and or exacerbate inclinations that we have, right? To me, it's so much about like, there's so much out there. Like, why am I going to add to the noise? You yeah. know, can I just do it differently? Can I just try to do it in another direction? Yeah. Like, my moon in Aquarius is like, you know, but it does show the things that we are working with mm-hmm. because it's such a social experiment. Right. Like, it puts us right there, all mixing together. And, you know, to your friend, it was like, I don't know, I just do it. And like, other people are like, oh my God, what do right. I do? How do I put, like, and so, and that's just how I get dressed in the morning too, you know, where she's just like, she looks amazing and rolls out of it. And I'm like trying on seven things and it doesn't, you know, it's like, yeah, everything is everything. Yeah. But about that, the, the, the quality of presence, I think if we're, if we are coherence, yeah. we have to be with everything. Yeah. Right? Like if we bring that kind of quality of presence to our work, we have to bring the same to social media, which we yeah. spend so much time with. Right. And so things will get aligned accordingly, you know. Well, thank you for bringing it back to that. I, <laughs> that's what I asked you about the quality <laughs> of your presence. And I told this like 20 minute story. But the whole reason I brought that up is because like, I feel like that's what Christine does. Like she has an idea. She's so incredibly creative. And she 
this has like become the pro the Christine <laughs> program. But I, I was unexpectedly living with her for the last two weeks and observing how she lives her life as as an artist, she gets an idea and she does it immediately. And is so present. She's so present with everything she does. And that's something I really admire. And I think I get an idea. I've had an idea for something I've wanted to do on Instagram. That's not even that big of a deal, but it is sat with me for three weeks because mm -hmm. I haven't had the time and mm -hmm. the space, but really I've been scared to put mm -hmm. it out there mm -hmm. and share it. And will this be done? Will I regret this? Mm -hmm. How will I feel after? Like that spiral isn't good for creativity. And that takes me out of the present moment where I think the quality of her presence is so rich because she's in that inspired period ping and then creation and that's it. There's not that in-between spiral that's yeah. not present. Well, but I am going to cheerleader for your oh, process you, because I do think that it, there is a, you know something to be said about people that does take a little bit longer to process things. That doesn't mean that you're not going to do it or that you're going to be completely frozen forever. You just take a longer process. It's just, you know, you have to sit with things a little bit longer. It's okay, too. Yeah, thank right? you for saying that. Because we are not the same. We're not made the same. And that's why it's so interesting and makes life so rich. Um, so for people like us, that does... Take you're like that too. Oh yeah, I oh for course. I mean, a hundred percent. Like We're not I mean, built the for Instagram. Like oh, Instagram no, no. is not built for people like no, us. No, <laughs> Insta is There's not, not anything. Insta we need to here. build something else that's called like <laughs> takes a long time. Yeah. A gram. <laughs> exactly. So you know, it's just that's how we how we are. You know, yeah. and 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 it's it's more about us not fitting in that other box mm. than than fitting, you know, than trying to, or building a different type of box or whoever, I don't even right. know, maybe not even a box or, a or going a different direction yeah. or, you know, or going on our own terms, yeah. if that's the case. Non-linear. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something, again, everything is everything. I have always been a stepping stone person. Things take me a very long time. The conversation, this program is long. You know what I mean? Like it is all really slow. I moved, it took me, I always wanted to move to New York. I didn't do it until I was 26. You know, like I want, like everything, I am you the least involved. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. But that, that's why I love human design and what you just said of like working with what is and, making looking at the system as maybe being off instead of like I, my thing is to just blame myself and be like why am I so bad yeah and that felt really nurturing the way you reframe that no yeah because right isn't it like such a hard thing to go around the world thinking that we're just lacking constantly or that we're doing something wrong yeah I and feel like certain things we're just not made for 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 it or right. to fit in it or we just have to find a different way like your friend I'm deleting it it's just not useful for me right good you know or can I be on it in my own terms or or you know how how can we constantly interact with the things that are in our disposal but in a way that is not always constantly triggering us right yeah and I think I've spent so much time feeling like going going through the day feeling like I'm not good enough or the system doesn't work for me and kind of like what you were talking about with with math and mm -hmm. school I think school is such an example yeah. of this but to just ex ex acceptance like this is all full circle it's all coming together like accepting it and not resisting it is the medicine I think for everything we're talking about whether it's Instagram and just being like this system is not really working for me. I could either not do it like Chris or find a way that's going to work for me and it's not going to be as quick and as instantaneous for someone who, because this is really helpful actually, I'm having like a watershed <laughs> moment with this because looking at Christine, I think I can be like, oh man, why can't I just do it like that? Yeah. And and I I had a, a moment like that with style with, mm. with her recently where like we're the same size and like share clothes and mm -hmm. she's someone who inspires me so much and this summer I was just like dressing like her 
And just recently I was, I was like wearing her clothes often and I was just like, I love this and I love this on her, but I got to figure out how to do my thing. And I think it's like that and making this world work for us, whether it's, you know, taking longer to move to New York or, you know, having to have a bunch of careers and then figuring it out or like a silly example is parallel parking. Like I just can't seem to get it and I'm just not going to learn. Like I'm just going to park far away and walk and like that's a way that it works for me, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's freeing. we are different. Yeah. We are so multiple even in our own selves yeah. and and the work is so much about recognizing all of that yeah. returning returning and making space for all those parts going yeah. back to the beginning right and just also acceptance it's is where we can begin but it's not where we end yeah. too because when we think about acceptance and there is a connotation that it's very it can be very passive right yeah. like okay well i'm going to be accepting and that's it but it's really the beginning of where actions start to be when you start to actually um, act yeah but it's from a place of more space mm. around all the things that yeah. you have been like gripping you know right does it make sense yeah you're yeah, not acting from a place of lack or or rigidity or yeah. fear but you're you're acting from a place of more spacious around all the things that are just very frustrating or um causing you know difficult emotions all the time yeah so you know it's just sort of like a step into even like a bigger stretch yeah. Um, yeah. I think even with pain, like I have this sciatica thing we were talking about before we started recording. And when I was in Byron, this, have you been to an osteopath? Um, no. Is it here? No, it's just a chiropractor. Like, yeah. We don't really have them here, but they're like really big in Australia. And anyway, she was talking to me about pain and basically how pain starts in the brain. Mm-hmm. And like, if I can just accept it and be like, it's just a thing I'm feeling and it is distracting and it kind of stinks. But like, instead of just being so upset and mad about it, like just living your life of like, I can't really pair it. Like this is, it's the same thing for body image and, um, you know, accepting that like, this is what we have to work with this time around. There's grief to it not being what you want. There's grief to when you try to compare it, but if you can just accept it and try your best, if you it's like the serenity prayer really of like yeah accept what you can um what you can't change change what you can and try to know the difference and yeah it's a process yeah really making that opening yeah um i was speaking in spanish oh my god out of nowhere i I don't know why well um i was just trying i was just having this thought that you know, because it's not so much that we struggle with acceptance. What I think we're struggling with is all the, the thoughts that come mm-hmm. when we are gripping, right? When we totally. are so in resistance. Yeah. It's like the whole, uh, and like I was saying, perhaps the direction is not trying to jump really quickly into being accepting, but looking closer to the resistance. Yeah. And what is being asked. Because emotions ask things of us. Mm-hmm. We just have to just sit with it for a little bit. Just so we can hear and listen. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want you to be in pain. You know, if there's a way for you to fix it or or right. soothe it. But I think the point is, can you can we open the space around that pain and what comes with it? You know, all the 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 thoughts that come with it. Yeah. Um, and then from that place, then you go and take you know go to acupuncture or right. or try a different thing. But you stayed with that period of of pain for yeah. a little bit. You you got closer to it, right? And then you move from there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it always gets good in the quick fire questions <laughs> that don't end up being so quick. Um, okay, I this one I really I really admire how you talk about your relationship with your your husband, and obviously mm. it was this whirlwind, which I'm sure has had had many phases. But what is your greatest lesson on? romantic love or um one that you've learned now or you've learned from others oh i think now i'm gonna go weepy (laughs) 
Um, um, Topher is. I don't know how you're going to cry. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was an expected C. I didn't. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I, I feel bad because it's just, you know, obviously I don't want to imply that everybody has this experience too. Mm. I just feel so lucky that he's just so, he's just so special to me. We are just all in, you know? Oh. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's like right here. I know. <laughs> Um, I don't know why it makes me so emotional because I think what if I feel like is just so much gratitude for him because he has so much of a role in this whole thing, in my whole journey yeah. of, of coming out into the world and, and feels like such a solid ground for me, you know, where I am all I am. Like I, I don't have to negotiate too much. You know, I don't have to hide. I don't have to. I, I can be my full self with him. And all is welcome. You know, yeah. everything belongs in that sense. And and so I'm so grateful for that. Um, for, for, for that sort of like um, interchange. Um, and we obviously have a common connection, which I think it's so important, which is art. And love for art, and now gala, you know the product of the two of us. Um, but yeah, I just I, I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was the question? Your greatest lesson on romantic relationships. So my mom said something to me many years ago when I was having a heartbreak or mm -hmm. something, and she told me, you know, it shouldn't feel difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. It is doesn't have it doesn't mean that it's not easy and that you're not going to work or put a lot of attention, but it shouldn't feel heavy or a thing that you have to calculate. It's funny. Lacey said something to me like that once, where she was like, she was talking about her and Max, and she's like, it'll fit like a glove. Yeah. And I I was talking to her about this relationship that was ending at that at that time and what he said to me was like it shouldn't be this hard yeah and he was right but I couldn't accept that <laughs> at the time which is so funny when when um we had to move the cars and took our bathroom break he just texted me I'm dealing my stuff is in his basement I'm like dealing mm -hmm. with that but I remember I know it like did activate me just to like see that mm -hmm. but it's funny because I see that now and I've had a bridge between him. <laughs> and so as I learned, um, and I feel so much peace mm -hmm. towards that of like, it wasn't, it was so hard yeah. and it, it shouldn't be so hard. And I, I think where I'm, where I have, um, where I don't want to say struggling, but I can't think of another word, but like, I don't know if I have the like faith that I'll like you know, meet a Topher mm. at a museum or mm. have like a, that you're, I'm in the in-between, but I do feel like with this one, it wasn't a fit. And I'm finally years <laughs> later, like able to let that go. And it's so clear. And I feel nothing but like peace and yeah. love for them, but not, not grasping or wanting anymore. Yeah. And mostly because it just like, we so weren't a fit. And I see that, you know, with every other past relationship and that belief with expanders like you to see that, like, I don't know if I've experienced that fit like a glove, but I believe it exists for other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to ever dismiss, like, you know, or think or romanticize also romantic relationships yeah. because they are hard. They are so totally. hard, you know? Totally. And a lot of these doesn't feel like, right? oh my God, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, but I think if you can be your whole self, if you can show up being your whole self and that the other person too, and there is a, an understanding that we can just be all in, then I feel like we can, you know, there is movement in there and there is container in there there is like all you know there is the capacity to 
to just do something out of yeah. that, you know. Yeah. But it's it's just it doesn't ha- it doesn't always apply that way, and I think people have to find it for themselves what it what is important for them in in a relationship, and what are you know what are they looking for externally that first they can try to see in themselves. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a lot of work, a lot of attention. We don't always get it right. It's messy, but, but we, we keep staying. Yeah. We choose to say, to stay. Well, I think that's what you were saying at the beginning too, of like dating a lot of artists, but really (laughs) wanting to be one, you know? And I think that's, people are so reflection of relationships are mirrors and opportunities to grow. And then also to complete people coming together and, you know, the third, we actually, this, this boyfriend and I, the one that just texted me, he, and I went to a wedding really early when we were dating and they read this poem that I don't remember what it's from, but you might know this or story where it's like, two complete people come together and make the third thing that's the relationship Mm -hmm. and so we would always talk about our relationship as the third thing like there's him and there's me and then there's this other thing and you have to take care of all three like you have to take care of the relationship but if you just take care of the relationship and the one like and i think that that's a really like whether you're in a relationship or not like that's healthy (laughs) yeah exactly and you know seasons change and our needs change and then sometimes we're really enmeshed with each other some other times there's more space we change you know throughout the years um i think it's very important to leave the relationship alive it keeps moving and we have to allow space for it to move yeah for it be different things depending on the time for sure and it's the same in in and friendships, oh, which is yes. something I, I always ask and I wanted to ask you about, like, what is your greatest lesson on friendship? I think it's also very similar, right? Um, this capacity to be our full selves, to, our, you know, to, to really have that space and that yeah. permission and boundaries, you know, and, and, allowing for that to be playing in different times and in different moments. I think it's also important in relationships and friendships to practice communication mm-hmm. just as in romantic relationships or any kind of relationship. So, but just like, you know, what you're saying is what I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, Amago. Uh, yeah. Like, so we can don't assume. Yep. Cause we go around the world assuming way too yeah. many stuff and, we for agreement don't exactly yeah. so you know all of those things can be part of our lessons i think yeah what about greatest lesson on spirituality what happens when we die where are you with that <laughs> oh what happens when we die just real quick just a real question <laughs> you know <laughs> just a quick quick fire <laughs> let me check here um I think that I'll go back to basics. Just get closer to yourself. However that you feel that, whatever that means to you. Because when we are closer to ourselves, it feels that we're more connected, whatever it is, the universe, God, or, you know, any sort of like ideology or understanding you have of something that is bigger than us, right? Now, in terms of like when after we die, I I am of the belief that the life of the spirit continue and move and change. And so I'll I don't know, I you know, I I I can feel with my dad his presence so close. Um not always, but you know, when it when it comes, I can feel. Um, and I just hope that, you know, we can evolve into something different, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's my, my thought of it. I don't, you know. Yeah. I love that. Well, the name of the show is Let It Out. Did you let out everything that you wanted to? Um, yeah, I think so. 
well, you'll come back because this was a delight and I had so much fun talking to you. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we end by letting out a deep breath together. You ready? Okay. So inhale. Let it out. (sighs) We did it. Thank you. You're You're so wonderful. All right, that's it. My conversation in full with Mari. She's the best. I hope she comes on the podcast again many more times. She's so wise and grounded and nourishing and just really wonderful. So please follow her and engage with her work because she's just one of the greats. And I'm really happy that I got to connect with her and have her on the podcast and share this long conversation. She'll come back and do a happy thank you more please episode where she can recommend things and we'll have another conversation eventually and feel free to send in questions. And like I said, she's going to be taking over the Let It Out Instagram. So tune in for that. Follow Let It Out. It's just Let It Out with three T's and follow Mari and follow me. I'm going to give you the emoji to secretly comment on those platforms with presence and the quality of your presence, right? As we discussed after we just discussed social media, here I am being like, follow us on social media. But you know what? That's the world we live in. I would love to hear how you're doing with social media, how you're doing in general. Feel free to respond to the Let It Out letter when you get the show notes. And again, I really appreciate you supporting the sponsors. That helped a lot. And the best way to support the podcast is to share it. So if you liked this episode, if it made you feel entertained or made you laugh or helped you to learn something or see yourself in a different way, please share it with someone else you think it might be useful for or someone you think might like it. And maybe it can be a conversation started between the two of you. So share this podcast with a friend. Please leave a review on iTunes. I'm still asking for those after nearly a decade, but you know, it really helps. I hope I can keep doing this for longer. And you know, it's been... I started this this month, March, mid-March 2013. So it's been such a long time. And somebody asked me, you know, are you going to be able to keep, are you going to keep doing it? And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I would always try to keep doing this podcast because it really feeds me. And I love connecting with you. And I love connecting with the people I interview. And I hope I can keep doing it forever. So I am just so happy that you're here. And... Thank you so much for supporting Let It Out. As I mentioned, our newest zine is now available to download on the website. So it's a free mini zine. It just came out last week. It's called The Creative Combination. So I'll put the link to download that in the show notes. And if you have any questions or feedback, I would love to hear all of it. And the emoji for this week's episode is Mari's favorite emoji. And it's also mine. It's one I use a lot, unfortunately, but it's the person with the mouth with their teeth being like, I don't know, you know, that one. So comment that on my Instagram and let it out's Instagram and Mari's Instagram to let us know that you're listening all the way to the end. Thank you for being here. I love you. And I will talk to you next week with a fresh episode with Kayleen Schaefer. She's back on the podcast to talk about her new book, which is called, But You're Still So Young. It's about being in your 30s and it's incredible. And I can't wait to have a conversation with her and share it with you on the show next week.